You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. This is Ken Vellante with the Something Rather Than Nothing podcast. And for this episode, have Francis McKee uh, from Scotland. And Francis is somebody who I followed um, her music uh, with the Vaselines and other groups. And also become particularly interested in finding out uh, that uh, her yoga practice and that she's been engaged with uh, for many years. Francis McKee, welcome to the podcast. Hi. <laughs> I uh, uh, happy to have you. Um, start off the questions with: um, Were you an artist when you were born? I was. I'm a twin, so I don't know if that has anything to do with being an artist. And also from a big family, five children. So I think we we used to have a piano in our house, and I was always tinkering on that piano. And I, I love to draw and sew and things. Obviously, not when I was a baby, but you know, even as a quite a young person, m- my parents didn't pick up on <laughs> on these things. Uh, and one day, I came home and the piano was gone. Oh. And uh, I said to my my, my parents, well, "What happened to the piano? Oh, nobody used it. It's just it's just rubbish ga- gathering dust, you know." So I think I was actually, but I don't think I was given the opportunity. Yeah. Especially when I was younger. Yeah. As I explore this question with guests, um, it's really risen to like a significant area of inquiry, like, you know, expectations. You know, I talk to artists where the expectations of their father or grandfather or painters before them, and they have those expectations versus others who are either cultivated, not cultivated, mm-hmm. start later. Um, but uh, it's, I find it very fascinating of, you know, what happens when you're younger. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry about the piano. Oh, no. gosh. It's big. It's <laughs> it big. I'm not stop me. It didn't stop me. My, um, my twin sister got invited to the recorder group at school and she didn't want to do it. And I, I, I said, well, can I do it instead? And uh, so I learned the recorder uh, at school. Yeah. Uh, wonderful. <laughs> um, so another question is talking about you as beginning as as you know were you an artist is um just to keep it right within art to begin with and just like art and creativity um i wanted to ask you um your opinion of what art is so what 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 is art uh what is creativity in art i think art can be anything you want it to be and create creativity is unique so if you put those things together, then something unique can be art and created from anything. I wanted to talk about um, yoga and connection to creativity or that kind of mm-hmm. uh, expanse. I can speak for myself personally. Um, I was introduced to yoga and uh, it's changed how I physically inhabit the world. Mm-hmm. Um, it's changed um my ability to express, uh, it's helped me control my emotions. And um, a, a lot of those things, it's been a, a great area to, to go in. And I've always been deeply fascinated with folks who are creative um, like yourself, and because there tends to be some intense elements to the personality. Um, mm-hmm. So 
you've been yoga isn't new for you. You've been uh, practicing and 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 you do it more primarily now, as I understand it. Can you talk about yoga in the connection to creativity and and opening up and and, and oh, absolutely. that realm? So, I think I started practicing yoga when I was about twenty three, and I was a school teacher at the time. And I remember the first class that I went to, I just thought, this is the best I have felt ever. And I started go, go, going to my teacher. I went with my sisters and one by one, they dropped away, but I kept going. And then I decided one day that I'd had enough of being a school teacher. And I remember turning up into my, uh, to my yoga teacher's class one Thursday at lunchtime. And she said, oh, what are you doing here? I said, I've left my job. And she said, welcome to our world. And it was brilliant because I had felt quite, oh no, what am I going to do? And I didn't think, I thought everyone had a sort of regular nine to five job. And I felt quite um, bereft, but also really, I, I never wanted to teach your, um, school children. I just, I knew from the first day of college that I'd made a mistake. But that mistake continued for the four years of the education degree and then another seven years teaching. So it was a massive step just to say, enough. But the, and then I trained as a yoga teacher and I, I've trained with the Iyengar system. So we don't have like a set sequence. That This is where the creativity comes from me, for me because in Iyengar yoga, it's like learning an alphabet. And then, which is this, you know, the pauses individually, and then you, you you can learn to write a song or poetry or a book, you know, by putting all these different sequences together. So quite often, and I've been teaching now for over 20 years, and it still excites me that I'm, you know, I'll have a week and I think, right, I want to, this is my forward bends week. How do I make it interesting for me as a teacher? How do I make it interesting for the people who are paying me to teach them? And how do I say, want to, if I want to teach a particular, maybe a more advanced pose, what are the building blocks that I need to get there, you know, so that people feel that they're effortlessly moving into something. And for me, that is really creative. But on the other side of that, you know, yoga has given me something that I didn't think I would expect to get because when I was with the Vaselines when I was younger, I was really shy and I had terrible stage fright and things. So I um, that's got not not completely gone, but it's certainly I have an inner confidence that you I think you, you get from yoga because you're like you said, you're you're more content in your own skin, you feel relaxed in your own body and you you just have this kind of this is who I am. And I think that's what's the gift of yoga, actually. It's not whether you can be you know, really flexible or anything like that. In fact, I was joking with my class yesterday because I said, you know, I always get phone calls from people saying, "Oh, we can't, I can't do yoga because I'm too, I'm too stiff." And I, and I, I was saying yesterday, you know, with yoga, no one phones me up and says, "I want to be stable," because actually, <laughs> yoga should bring you stability, strength, a little bit of flexibility, but it's the stability and it's just, you know the fluctuations of the mind, but also the stability within your own self, it's really important. And that has helped me, uh, the practice of yoga, because I was never much for practicing guitar, but the practice of yoga 
enabled when I was young before I had kids um, it, it, I had a really quite strict practice regime I would get up I would practice yoga and then I would practice guitar for a couple of hours I've kind of I still practice yoga <laughs> I don't practice guitar quite as often to my horror and shame but uh, you know so it gives you that discipline doesn't it and I think that you know Iyengar BKS Iyengar he saw a really strong link between music and yoga he, he was brought over to, to the West by uh, Yehudi Menuhin, the violinist. So you know, he, and I think he, the violinist said, I have learned to play my instrument, not by practicing the violin, but by practicing yoga, which is incredible, isn't it? It's 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 beautiful that that mm -hmm. space is created. I want to delve in onto uh, into that dynamic in particular because there's a theme that's arisen in the podcast, and it's like uh, maybe just like this uh, argument or historically about you know creativity and where it comes from. So I think of like the standard, you know, like think of like Dostoevsky, Russian literature, the sufferer right the you know the pain and the expression almost the expression of 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 all this stuff and then i've been heavily influenced by you know maybe like as you describe it or yoga or contemplative practices where something moves out from a place of of more harmony and um the david lynch uh, director artist really changed my th or, or in interrupted my thinking on the suffering because he said you know, the place through transcendental meditation and you, you drop your net and you capture the fishes and the images that show up and you can get some big ones way down low as you do, uh, you know, connect to this. These two ways of thinking about art are just so opposite. I, I wonder if you had any thoughts on what that dynamic like that artists struggle with of the suffering of the healing and expression i think um i did say to a friend once um if you're happy you don't really write a good song <laughs> you know so i think you know the best songs are you know they're not but they're not happy songs really right they're, not. they're right. about you know pain suffering whatever so I think, you know, as in the human condition, we've all we've all got that somewhere. There's always an aspect that's been, you know, either transformational from some sort of place of suffering. And I think it depends what you what you do with it. I think it, it I think it'd be a very, very I was gonna say lucky person who never had had any disruption in their life. Or it could just simply be someone who's not connected. I'd I i do not know. I think you can wallow in that, or you can be you can make it a, a creative tool. But I don't think you need to have had come from the depths to write, you know, a good book or, or whatever. But you have to. I think you have to go go deep. Whatever you know, whatever your whatever process you're going through. Um, I yeah, I, you know, it's the sort of nature or nurture kind of argument as well, and um. You know, I think I'm glad my parents say weren't musical in the sense that they could play a really good musical instrument because I think the pressure that they would impose on, the, you know, you to do something like that would be too too much. So I think um, I think we are a product of our childhood. You know, we we grew up, or I grew up in the 
seventies, uh, and it was it was harsh. Actually, I was a teenager in the eighties. It was not an easy time. However, and I was just saying this the other day, if it wasn't for unemployment benefit and social security, you know, a lot of artists that are my age now would never have started because you got you got help actually from the government to do nothing. <laughs> You know, I was a student, but over the holidays right. I got paid, you know, I got my, my, my rent paid and things like that. So I didn't, I, I, ha, I had a part-time job, but always had a part-time job and still studied, but still had a little bit of extra time for rehearsals and money to pay for rehearsals actually as well. That's, I think now is just, it's not there. But, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I talk, you know, artists and, and in particular, you know, different fields, you know, talking about the pandemic and whether their art corresponds to it, whether their art can be translated through it, um, the role of art within it, right? Um, you know, I've talked a lot about those uh, uh, those those questions uh, over time. Mm -hmm. uh, on that on that point too, um, we talked about what you know what art is and like how it can come out, but what about what is what what is the role of art in 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 your opinion? This come up a lot during social upheaval, things that have happened. But what is, what do you believe the role of art is? Well, I think no one likes to hear a song that's preachy. I think that's the first thing. You know. Yeah. Uh, so, but I think, um, like for example music and, and any form of art writing has always pointed a finger at establishment and that's not that's not been allowed to happen at the moment because music is well what lot, lot, drama art music not so much art i don't know i don't know but well yeah in, in sense that all the art galleries are closed so art has been has been suppressed and stifled and i I wonder about that because, you know, musicians are, are really struggling at the moment, not just musicians, but people who work on the road, you know, will, will this ever come back? I really, really don't know. But I think, um, you know, it's very divided. You know, there are musicians that are sort of, you know, really glad that all these restrictions are taking place and point the finger at people who are breaking the rules, allegedly. And, and you, it, it's all become very, very divisive. And, you know, my feeling is this should be a time where musicians, artists, writers should be questioning. No one's asking any questions. Everyone's accepting. And for me, you know, that's not a revolution. And I think music and art and drama and writing and all this, the, you know, the arts um, has been suppressed. And, you know, may, maybe something will come out of this, maybe a, a cultural revolution not like China, but you know, yeah, yeah, you know. But I do feel that there's a lot of um, censorship and suppression at the moment, and I, I feel quite uncomfortable with that. Yeah, um, it, it's you know that, it, and I appreciate those comments of like mm -hmm. on on what what the what the role of it is. You know, I work in the labor movement here, and um, you know, <laughs> I have this kind of joke where, like, I get. I, I love I love uh, I love all types of music, but I'm, I'm a big metal fan, right? And I like the aggression that's in metal. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm like a metal labor guy, and uh, the, there's a great folk tradition within labor, <laughs> but it seems like sedentary to me. And I know when I'm going into like 
you know, whether it's conflict or labor-based conflicts, like let's get revved up, let's, mm -hmm. let's go. And uh, it's, it's, it's interesting as far as like the different representations to be able to, um, uh, to express. Um, uh, what I wanted to ask you, because I'm really interested in this, Francis, is about, you know, I represent teachers as well. And you're talking about your early part as like, you know, really 11 years as mm -hmm. something you indicated that you knew wasn't uh, quite right. And then, you know, uh, not a, talking about a trajectory of a career, but this the 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 whole development of the Vaselines and you learning guitar and, and, and playing Um Starting with the teaching in the 11 years, what for, for you, did you want to try to, did you like want to try to get to the goal to be able to teach and never felt uh, that it was right? Because that's such a long time. Like what was going on for you to kind of get where you needed to be from at that point? I think it all goes back to when I was about 11 and, you know, I had quite a dysfunctional background and and at 11 I said to myself the only person that can look after you is you so I you know worked hard at school and that was my exit you know to to yeah. to do it through you know a kind of degree and I I had I, I'd really wanted actually to study drama but that sort of working class sort of who do you think you are kind of yeah. thing was really strong and you know, so if I said, and I, I was in a drama group from the age of 14, you know, it wasn't as if it was just like, oh, whim, I think I'm going to be a drama person. You know, I had looked into it for seven years or whatever, but I just eventually just didn't have the confidence to, 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 to even apply for it. So I got a, an interview for teacher training and I, and I, I didn't want it, so I was very relaxed at the interview. And um, they, they said that they would let me know in a few months if I got in a place. And they phoned me the next day and said that I had a place, which was the worst thing, because then I thought, oh, well, you know, I'm not going to apply for, for drama. I can, you know, I don't have to face uh. that demon kind of thing. And I just wanted, I think also at the back of my mind was, well, I can always, I'll, I'll get a decent job with a decent wage when I become a teacher. Haha. <laughs> but I wouldn't, not, not necessarily if I followed what my heart, my heart was saying, you know, so I kind of just, and, you know, that was when I was with the band. So, you know, that came way before I was at college or anything. So when I left school, I was unemployed for a year. So I just felt, actually, I need to do something concrete. And I got, you know, so far with the course and I, I, it was fine and I could teach really well. But, and it was not ever about the children and, you know, the sort of, the job. But it did feel a little bit like an institution. I felt like a prisoner or a prison warden because, you know, in teaching in, you know, some um, difficult places in, in, in Glasgow, it wasn't the kids' fault. There was a lot of deprivation. And what I had learned to teach at college was so far removed from the actual reality of, of what these children needed. Yeah. And I found that, you, you know, that, that was the, the good part of it. I could go in every day and, and have a little bit of hope for these kids. But what I couldn't tolerate was the expectation of middle-class teachers wanting 
homework done from these children whose yeah. background was dysfunctional. And I understood that because, you know, to an extent that was what my family background was like. So it was middle class attitudes imposed on yeah. working class kids, you know, that had no economic structure in their family at all. And it just, it got to me eventually. And for me to do the job that I really wanted to do, I would need to be, you know, in school way longer than I was paid for. So I just, the system is corrupt. The whole idea of education and, you know, I I went on to home educate my own kids because I couldn't bear to put them through that system that um, had, you know, everyone boxed in by the age of seven. So it was a system that really sort of wore me down more than anything. Yeah, and 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 thank you for uh, for that. Um, it's definitely a dynamic um, that I see uh, a lot. You know, the K twelve system. Given how much um, things have changed, and I see here with testing. I just had a conversation oh, with wow. an artist who who's a teacher, and we had a deep conversation about you know testing value, the language of children, the development of children, and she's deep down and saying these kids have a lot and they have it very young and we are, we're missing the primary link. We're missing the fundamental piece, like express yourself. And Mm -hmm. so. Exactly. Exactly. And I think this, everything, I I mean, I, I watched these lovely kids come in at five years old. I mean, they, they just could soak up anything. And by the end of that first week, they were all bored out their skulls. Oh, God. <laughs> Not yeah. in my class, but, you know, that was it, you know, with my own children. I mean, they went on to secondary school, but I had uh, two boys, first of all, and um, I just let them play with Lego, and we were outside all the time, and that's what children need. They need freedom. They don't need to be boxed in, sitting at a desk. And now, of course, all these kids are labelled with ADHD and this, that, and the other. And it's, you know, it's because we're trying to fit square pegs into round holes. And I, I think schools really need to change the way that they, that, you know, what they offer children. And I think actually quite a lot of times schools label children as uh, stupid, not stupid, but you can't say that anymore, but, you know, underachievers. And they're not. They're just not being given the right kind of education that they need. Yeah. I, I once heard this quote, uh, it was basically from a kid as a standard quote. It was, my teacher told me I was smart. So I was, my teacher told me I was a good artist. So I was like the influence of the person yeah. who's right next to mm-hmm. you. And we forget about that a lot. Mm-hmm. As, 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 and as it's adults. a self-fulfilling prophecy, isn't it? You know, I was sure told is. at school I couldn't sing. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't allowed in the, to be an angel at the nativity play. I was told, no, no, you can't sing, and that kind of stayed with me until I was in my drama group and we were auditioning for a for a musical. And the the girl, the the, the woman playing the piano, she was like, "Oh, you've got a really good voice," and I was like, "Really." You know, but it took quite a lot of guts for me to audition because I had this embedded and I can't sing. It really sticks with you. Mm. And I know my own development as far as um, uh, whether it's uh, drawing, painting, trying to represent something in the world or something inside me. um, I got the negative or the weird stuff 
uh, around the age that you mentioned, 14 mm -hmm. and 15. And it was 30 years later that I picked up the equipment again. So mm -hmm. on, on that very point, you know, the creation of the realm or the ability and negatively spoken too, this is what you were going to be. Exactly. You'll be nothing. You know, that that's said a lot. And I also think, you know, a lot of people get sick and when they're older because it's because they've not tapped into their potential. They've not realized the possibilities. And I think this takes it back to yoga. Yoga opens up so many um, ideas of possibilities. Like if you become confident within your body, and I don't mean that you've got to be able to, I think, it, you know, we've really commercialized yoga to a point where it's actually putting people off. You know, everyone's sort of 20 and super bendy and all that. that's not <laughs> yoga. That is really not yoga. <laughs> yeah. But it's transformational. So for me, you know, the, the, the most amazing thing is to see someone come in who, you know, postural need, needs just some uh, help to see them transform into this, not cocky, horrible person, but someone who, I mean, one of my students said, I finally like my body. And this uh, is a 55 year old woman. And I think that's an uh, amazing thing to say, isn't it? That's, that's the, the power of, of yoga. Oh, it's and yet, beautiful. you know, exactly. And when we're younger, you know, it's, you know, we're, oh, I'd hate to be 20 again, <laughs> you know, because you're not, you're, you're not, I hate saying this as well, but you're, you don't know who you are. And as you get older, you, you let go of all those layers and layers. And yoga is really great at uncovering that. And then you can just be yourself, which some people might like, some people might not. I don't care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I like me. That's the most important thing. <laughs> that's that's the that's the foundation. And um, uh, everybody, we're talking with uh, Francis McKee, and uh, thank you so much, um, Francis, for for joining. I have a. a a few more questions. Actually, I wanted to mention uh, one one little uh, anecdote. Um, so I went to a Vaseline show. I uh, saw that you're done. Yeah, <laughs> I got my. I kept my electro. Well, I guess electronic records are permanent now. But I. Um, uh -huh. Uh, that's always the, our pre favorite place to play it's always Doug Fur Lounge uh, so everybody listeners mm -hmm. um, and uh -huh. uh, I'm gonna allow you Francis uh, the Doug Fur Lounge in uh, Portland is my favorite music mm -hmm. venue a uh, very intimate uh, you know feels like you're in Twin Peaks or maybe oh, it's, uh -huh. a, it's brilliant uh, a small little roadhouse in uh, Twin Peaks and um, so um, that show was special to me I never mm -hmm. uh, seen you uh play number one number two the sound everything um three you make me laugh all the friggin' time and i enjoy that <laughs> so thank you for that and um the final piece was you know i got the v for vaseline's uh, shirt at the end of the show and i'm buying it uh, not at the end of the show it was before the end I had to leave a little bit before because I, ha I had a babysitter oh, my kid was kid was a little bit younger mm -hmm. and so i wanted to get a uh, back and of course, the vendor says, "Oh my gosh, Francis is. She's probably going to stop by right after." And I like, oh, I know she might, but I gotta go. So um, I didn't get the a chance to chat with you then. But that was a, a fantastic show. Maybe about um, five. Was that years when ago. Duchess and Duke were supporting us? When who was was that when the Duchess and Duke were supporting us? I'm not sure. I don't no. remember that exactly. Right. Um, I, I can't remember. We we played there twice, and, and once we played in this other place down. It was a big hall, and it was awful. It was just was it? awful. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but that, yeah, Dive didn't up, have the same I, atmosphere or anything. Yeah, it's, it's super, super intimate. I've seen some great shows there. Um, about about like uh, your your the the music the music and um your relationship to it. So, and we're talking about the you know the teaching and the. There's so much more we could talk about mm-hmm. um, in, in expanding out what happens with kids and things like that. But then you have you you start to move into music, and then you know people know you through that, and Nirvana covers your songs, and then all that happens. What what did that mean to you? Like it, you know, like all of a sudden, uh, all nothing. that happened. It meant nothing. nothing. <laughs> yeah, because at that point, um, so. I kind of, the Vaseline's split up just as I started to teach. So I was involved in, you know, a whole different world. I wasn't involved with music at all, except, yeah. you know, I would, I, I got really into electronic music and was going to raves. So guitar music meant nothing. Eugene phoned me up and said, look, there's this, um, there's this American band that wants us to support them in Edinburgh. And I was like, no confidence like well we haven't I said I haven't even got a guitar anymore um we we had this like 20 minute rehearsal in my flat and then went off to Edinburgh and you know Norman was there it was, it was like a circus of people there and I was like oh shit I don't know how to play anything <laughs> so I, I did the only thing I could do which was to get absolutely totally drunk <laughs> I was just like, I have to, I can't do this. Push me out there. Push me out there. Let's go. And, you know, I had no idea that this band, especially Kurt, was so enamored by us. I had no clue. In fact, because all I had done for the past wee while was just try and forget about the Vaselines because it was just so embarrassing. And, you know, yeah. So, uh, you know, Kurt was around, but he's quite shy. I was just sort of in fear of my life going on this stage without knowing what I was doing, thinking, what an idiot, you know, so all that sort of stuff that goes through your mind and not, and just not being rehearsed, just not knowing what we were going to do. But that was, we were always like that. That's why we always got really drunk <laughs> before we went on. It was a total shambles all the time. So, I, you know, people have asked me so many times about that night and the only thing I can remember is at the end of the night, everyone was really drunk and, you know, that's when the, you know, the, the sort of inhibitions came down and everyone was chatting and it was it was great. But um, don't ask me about the gig. Don't ask me about even watching No, Nirvana. so Francis, I mean, it was rock and roll, right? So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. At the end of the day, it's you know, it's 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 uh, it's 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 rock and roll. Um, I wanted you, if you could just take a little bit more of an opportunity to to talk about um, uh, yoga practice and connection uh, to to um, uh, to the studio, and just mention kind of like how we. I, I'm thinking in the sense of like through the pandemic and how yoga happens. And I know there's this kind of online and mm-hmm. physicality. I was just wondering if you could mention as far as your practice, what's going on for you in your creative endeavor there. <clears throat> well, thank God I practice yoga. That's all I can say. And I used to joke with my students and say, you know, I could go to prison. It wouldn't bother me because if I had a space to, to practice yoga, you know, that's it. Yeah. Cause you could take your journey inward. So actually yep. I have my own studio 
and I everyone in the building had gone but um but but my there's three units and the, the people upstairs had moved out so I was going to the studio because I couldn't we had to sort of be really adaptable and went straight into online and I didn't have space at home to do that so I'd go into the studio on my own it was just it was quite creepy actually and I, so you know coming home at night the streets were deserted that kind of thing um I don't like teaching online I don't think it's the way that yoga should be taught but for that time it was you know my students were saying how grateful they were and I was doing it but as a teacher it's really exhausting and you know it's the fact we all thought it was going to be quite short term and here we are, you know, we only, Scotland's been quite strict. We only actually, I decided to move to bigger premises. <laughs> so the upstairs where the people had moved out, I thought um, this time last year, I took over that lease instead and thought oh, okay. this would be great. This, you know, offer people a bit more ventilation, more space and all the rest of it. We only, that. so I got the permissions to, to sort of um, change it into a yoga studio last October. And it's only been, four weeks ago that I could get students into the building. And actually there are so many students not coming in. They're just preferred for various reasons to prefer to do online. So in order for us to pay the bills, we have to do this, what we call this blended approach where we have people in the room, people online, and it's actually, um, it's quite exhausting. So I'm taking yeah. another, I took some days off last week. I'm going, going on a little break tomorrow and uh, just to recharge my batteries, actually. Yeah, good. Yeah. You know, it's one of the things I did notice as far as the extraction with the online mm -hmm. stuff. You know, I think a lot of humans, like, whether as they were trying to perform on there. I mean, I talked to people doing online comedy, you mm -hmm. know, like I've talked to people, um, you know, who are sopranos, you mm -hmm. know, doing tryouts, like stuff. I mean, you have to do it that way, but mm -hmm. you can't imagine exactly how you can instantiate the presence of a soprano or or the you know the yoga pose right no, as far as I, don't, the, the I, I really don't think so and I think you know what's happened is that um which it's good and not good you know so the community that you have of your students is now getting superseded by the international community because you can just go on to oh, anything and, and do anything with any teacher now and and don't get me wrong i've traveled far and wide to be taught yoga you know in 2019 i, I go to Pune in india every couple of years and when i was there in december 2019 I'm supposed to be going this year again but i don't think that's going to happen but i've been to colorado you know to be taught you know so, so you know i'm it's lovely to be taught at you know, with these international teachers, but now what's happened is, I think that um, you know, I was joking with my with my with my students, and it's like, you know, you're you're here online, but what are you actually getting from me? You could go, uh, you're paying me, but you could go online to Adrian and pay with your soul. <laughs> it's free, oh. but you, you know, I think I think we're it's all about illusion now, isn't it? So I think some my student who came in yesterday to the studio, she said, oh God, it's so different being in the studio to being at home. Yeah. It's so different and you can't, you, there's no words for it actually. 
but it's that connection, it's that human connection that's totally missing now. Having yeah. said that, my teacher's in London, and she runs an online class, but she uh, teaches in a very, very specific way, and she watches everyone like a hawk, and you get instructions and corrections from her. And uh, that's more than I would get if, you know, if she was teaching, I, I would go down to London, you know, every few months, but I'm getting that weekly class, which for me is, it's, it's a bliss, actually, it really is. Yeah, you bring up an, an interesting point about, you know, the community and how it's mm -hmm. cr created, right? Because as you start to aggregate online, you'd be like, well, the yoga studio is down the street and it kind of brings up questions of community, like in the sense yeah. of like, you know, what the who the group is in <clears throat> yoga, the energy we know that the energy in the room and mm -hmm. all those things tend to uh, tend to carry a lot. I want to you mentioned some of the aspects of yoga where it seems like more of a uh, corporate, you know, that, that there's a little bit more of an infusion of trying to sell it as as, as a product. Um, and I think within that, I started like when you mentioned, that, I was thinking about uh, some of the difficulties in describing what yoga is. I mean, mm -hmm. if we're talking about energy, right, all of a sudden, you and I can talk about that, and we can get into that. Mm -hmm. But you know, you bring up energy walking around the street, people are like, Oh, invisible energy, and you're sending me my energy, and we're doing this. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's, it's tough to tough to get a handle on. And since that what yoga is, do you think there's a better uh, kind of like way to be able to connect around that? Um, uh, I don't know. I think um, it is a. There's a certain vitality. I can tell people that practice yoga. You know, we 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 did a um, in Sub Pop's twentieth anniversary, and I was watching uh, Mud Honey. Oh yeah. And uh, I was watching Mark Arm, and afterwards I said, "Do you practice yoga?" And he said, "Oh yeah, I do." I just, you can just tell yeah. there's a there's a vitality there. And, you know, I, I, my practice comes first. You know, I, practice, I teach yoga just to feed my, my yoga habit. I don't really, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I, I get quite surprised with people who teach but never have time to practice. I'm thinking, you've got that the wrong way around. Uh, so I, I think, oh, you, I, you, you know, if, if someone meets me or, or whatever, then maybe some of my yoga enthusiasm, whether it's my vibration or the way I hold myself or or just my vitality makes them think, oh, I wonder what that is. And then maybe yeah. ask about it. You know, I, I don't if I was walking around, you know, my shoulders down and, yeah. you know. I, I mean, I always just say to people, if you love running or if you love hill walking, practice yoga because that will help you run and hill walk for, for much longer. So it's almost yeah. like a, a bit of um, body insurance, and then That's, you don't yeah. you don't bother, you don't bother saying, and then you feel you know your vibrational change. You don't go there. You just go yeah, actually. Just, you just have the energy to do the things that you really love. Yeah, that's a qu mm -hmm. quite the invitation. I at the beginning of the pandemic, I uh, I ended up uh, I I started walking deliberately mm -hmm. each day, and I've mm -hmm. averaged I think eight kilometers uh, a, a day from so I basically doubled or tripled like my walking but it's it's really uh I never really 
connected in the way that you said around like the yoga to the walking and Mm -hmm. what that does. Like I know I was doing two somewhat connected, wonderful things to do just for myself in a pandemic or any time. But I've received like those benefits and effects Mm -hmm. and it's um, uh, just notice and be gentle with it as is, you know, not sell it as the next product, you know, like the end piece. Exactly. And, you know, it's not for everyone. That's the other thing, you know, because, you know, sometimes I used to run beginners courses and then I would say at the end, so um, if if I've totally put you off yoga, you can always try Pilates now. (laughs) But there are people who will just serially try things out and never commit to to one thing. So I always have a kind of bet with myself when you say I have a group of 12 people who will who will continue and who will just disappear. And I often lose that bet, hands down, because, you know, some people that I just don't expect will keep going with it. And people that I think, wow, they've really, they've really got into this, just disappears into the ether. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like the universe, right? Exactly. <laughs> I mean... I never I, take offence, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Um, uh, speaking of the universe, Francis... Uh, titular question of the show um why is there something rather than nothing well that is a good question Uh, i've always believed there's something you know whether it's you know what is it deepak chopra calls it the unified field or you know the the universal matrix i don't know there is i mean i study astrology as well so i you know it's um you can look at your chart and, you know, I've got a twin sister, so you can play out that chart in, in various ways. So, we're, you know, as an astrologer, you're not um, predicting. But, you know, if you if you see how a chart unfolds with someone and, you know, there is a, there is a something, definitely. But what is it? Um, hope, is it sometimes? I don't know. Is it pos- positivity? Is it the fact that I've got, those of you that are into astrology, Jupiter conjunct the sun, which is, you know, really expansive. And, you know, a lot of people then say to me that I don't have any fear. I do, actually, but I'm very courageous with it. You know, I take lots of risks, um, more probably now than than when I was younger. But, um, yeah, there is something, definitely. And I was talking to my daughter the other day, we talk about um, reincarnation. I heard that word when I was five and then I knew exactly what it meant. But my daughter doesn't believe in reincarnation, so she says she's 16. And she said, in any way, and I thought it was a good point, if, even if I had have been in re- reincarnated, I can't remember that past life anyway. So, <laughs> so it's just here yeah. and now. Whereas I don't um, think it is just here and now. I think we are a product of our ancestry, you know, or, you know, when it's that thing where you meet someone and you just know them, you, you know, you've, yeah. you've, you've met them in another life or, or whatever. So I am a yeah. bit kind of, I, 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 um, I disturb the rest of the band with my, <laughs> yeah. they're all very Newtonian in their thinking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, you know, it, and, um, no, I, I, I really appreciate um, 
uh, your comments there. And it's like uh, the question itself, you know, it's just around like creativity mm-hmm. and, and, and feeling and, and, and sensation. So, um, yeah. Um, well, that spark for... has to come from somewhere, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think like in creativity, um, you know, going back to that question is the one I like to kick around of like, you know, where, where, like, when do the ideas come out or should they come out of chaos or, or, or is everybody different peace chaos, mm-hmm. or does it matter what you're creating? I mean, I think if you think of like music and rock music, it's always like, it feels like, ah, I'm getting it out. Like here it is right at you. Um, uh, uh, Francis, I want, I wanted to, uh, ask you to, um, uh let the listeners know as far as like i don't know whether it's connecting to your yoga practice or things that you say about yoga or like like how folks can connect to you or where to find like resources that you'd like to share this is totally your space okay well my website is the yoga extension.com so there you'll find all the class schedules and obviously because just about everything is on zoom depending on the the, the, the um, time difference, there might be a class that you, you want to do. That would be brilliant. Um, that's got my contact email on there. And we have a Facebook page where we pop, pop up, you know, different things about yoga, photographs of us trying to persuade people to do yoga. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you, it, I hate to say, you know, it is a business as well, you know, so we, we need... We need bums on mats, really, to make it viable. Um, yeah. So it's, always, it's, it's a difficult one. I'm rubbish at marketing, and I hate. What I've noticed is there are some people, or there's some yoga teachers that are not great teachers, but they're very, very good at marketing. And there are some um, very good teachers, and you have to go and find them, actually. But yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, there's so. some amazing teachers out there. And if you fancy the Iyengar system, then, you know, we're, we're very meticulous about how we approach the subject. And, you know, as a beginner, you, it, is, it is building blocks and we have great fun. Every, every class is different. Um, every muscle is used <laughs> because of that. <laughs> and it's an intellectual pursuit as well. And I don't that mean to say, you know, you're using your intelligence, your body intelligence. So uh, it's, it's uh-huh. interesting. It's not just moves. It's not just, but you can make it like that. You can just, you know, it's like a, it's like I tell a story when I teach a when I teach a class. You know, I story through the poses. It's 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 really powerful because I can say um, for myself that at least as far as how I have developed as a human, and I don't know if it's like sometimes feels like American male, like I'm 48 now, a particular generation. And it's just, what I found is I get so caught up in my head over time. I've, tr- my life has been integrating my body into my experience because it's just, it has. And so yoga has helped me, um, integrate those things. And I've just become more, like you said, intelligent. Mm-hmm. Like I can, like never in my life, like if something was really impacting me, like that was really negative, I'm caught up in my head. I wouldn't know how to express it. I didn't know what I was feeling. I had trouble articulating. Now it's not perfect, mm-hmm. but like right now I've gotten to the point where I'm like, you know what? I'm really upset at this moment. I can feel it. And I think this is what I'm responding to. Uh, Francis, I never did that for like the first 46, 45 years of my life. And it's like now where it's like, I'm not perfect right now. This is how I'm feeling. And here's what's going on. And 
long journey for me. But, uh-huh. but I think this is this is absolutely crucial because it's mind and body. But you know, I, I see people; they're just walking heads. That's it. You know, they're and there's uh, a disconnect from here downwards. Yeah, and it's yeah. usually the the super you know ones that are all about the intelligence. You know, all yeah. about academic intelligence. And and I always say to them, but there are seven or probably more intelligences, and having this ability to connect with your body is massive actually you know and but it's making and you 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 know all the neural passages and the 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 nadis that are connecting the body this is it's absolutely visceral and i think um some people can come to yoga and never forget that because they're walking heads so if you can just get some kind of line in then you know you're doing something good but it can for some people it just never happens unfortunately and yeah, for and some, I, you can see it. It's, it's amazing to watch. Yeah, you said you've physically seen it. The, mm-hmm. I think, um, and the point that I mentioned for myself particularly, I, I know at least culturally here, uh, yoga is a, a feminine exercise. Like, you know, it's very much. And um, men, I needed it. And the way I was brought up, I deeply needed it. Um, and I, I think there's a an, an aspect where, well, you can help it, me ask uh, answer my question because Andrew, yeah. my partner, he teaches yeah. as well, and yeah. he said um, he thinks he should teach a men only class. What do you think about that? <laughs> that's a, no, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the main merit, um, because I think like I think the answer is like you shouldn't have to, but I think the real answer in practic in practical terms is if men. It's a troubling time to talk about men needed space, but let's say mm-hmm. men need space in a yoga community. That's men that they can mm-hmm. feel like, oh, I'm going to do this weird thing, but I'm doing like a man type of thing. If mm-hmm. that can get you, you know, there, mm-hmm. I think I think that's really really powerful. Even though mm-hmm. it sounds strange to talk about, I mean, like right I know now, I, I've been. A, I, can't, I can't decide if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I do know a lot of men are scared to come into class because it's too many women. And I can I can understand that as well. And it's, well, what about? Well, well, I'm sorry to interrupt, but what about like if I'm this isn't this is my hang up, but what if I'm like a man and now I'm going to look super like clumsy, mm-hmm. like you know mm-hmm. if like I want like say I'm a businessman, but mm-hmm. I've decided like I'm really like struggling. I've, I've tried this yoga thing a couple mm-hmm. times, and then I go there. Now I'm going there, and like when I first started doing yoga, I'm like holy shit, I have no balance at all. Like mm-hmm. I have zero balance. Like mm-hmm. I thought. Because in my head at 12, I could balance. I thought I could balance years mm-hmm. later. So it's like the, maybe even the sense of like, I don't care what I look like in yoga, but I've been doing yoga for a long time. But I know when I first went in, I don't want to look like nobody wants to look like an idiot, mm-hmm. you know, or, mm-hmm. or fall over or yeah. injure themselves. So mm-hmm. I think there might be that kind of component, mm-hmm. too. I see more younger males interested in yoga, but mm-hmm. um you know, I mean, if you look at every class that I go to, and it's each, every one for the last three or four years in different locations is 90% male. It's just mm-hmm. something to notice. Mm-hmm. Uh, or in other genders, too. I'm talking about traditional binary here. But mm-hmm. men, I think men can uh, use yoga. And, uh, yeah, I mean, thinking about how, you know, it's accessible. Yeah, I think it's just trying to, to, to find ways to help bridge that gap for people who maybe feel on the outside. And that's a world that I can't ever visit and I think we try to be very um, inclusive and you know we have 
um, Andrew he teaches, you know, there's male teachers, there's female teachers, but you know, we have an open door policy. It's, you know, any age, and this is the beauty of, of Iyengar yoga, actually, you could start it and sit at 70 and still feel the benefit and not feel stupid or clumsy or, yeah, you yeah. know, whatever, because we take great care of people in the class because we're teaching, we're teaching the poses. Not, it's not anything to do with us as such. It's, you know, <clears throat> our, our role is, as a, as a guide, really. And, you know, when we see people come on so well, it's, 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 it's really thrilling, actually. I have a student who, who started in uh, the lockdown. So he was doing it online, but of course, we teach a lot of classes. He was doing two classes a day. He was, he was quite overweight. And honestly, <laughs> he went to see his chiropractor and his chiropractor was like, what have you been doing? I've never, yeah. you know, he'd lost ha half his body weight, just, the yoga was a catalyst to him, you know, looking at his All diet and, you know, and then on it goes and, and he feels confident coming into the studio. He's come to me for private lessons and he's just really, then he started going to the gym and he's got an injury. <laughs> ah, right. And you're like, yeah, I know. Right? I said, Listen, <laughs> it's fine to go to the gym. I, I'm not a gym person, but you know, whatever, whatever gives you that, as long as the body's moving but i said get the get your body intelligence into gear so that when you go to the gym you can use what you've learned yeah mm -hmm. yeah that 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 makes that makes a lot of sense and it's mm -hmm. yeah and and thank and, and thank you uh for, you know for for talking about your experience with this um mm -hmm. you know i've been a, a a student of it and and, and not as well versed and maybe some of the the doctrinal aspects very practical mm -hmm. uh, about it and um and uh you know it's a unique opportunity for me to talk to you about connections of create you know creativity mm -hmm. and you know connected to where um to where things come from uh francis i want to tell you that is actually been like a deep honor to be able oh, to talk welcome. to you and uh i really um you're like uh, for me when i do these shows and i have guests like i a lot of times i'm kind of uh, so interested in like your journey or where you are or what you've done or how you've done it um that it's it's it always feels like a great benefit and a gift to me and i just want to extend to you that um uh i've deeply enjoyed chatting oh, with you welcome. and meeting you and i didn't meet you at the doug fur and i didn't make you laugh tonight <laughs> oh, who knows who knows at the doug fur maybe i would have said something outlandish or spoiled <laughs> something and you would have never done the podcast and i did, so I, did sell, I did sell things i will sell things at the merch table afterwards <laughs> I, uh, you didn't have to tell me no i could have said something strange uh, because of being flustered but uh no. so so we do I, meet I on really the, like portland actually it's a great it's a great city it really is Port, Portland's been in, important to me, and I talked on the show. Um, freedom, and I'm not trying to oversell anything. It's a complicated place, like every place is complicated. Mm -hmm. But the ability to express yourself, the ability to move about with a higher level of freedom than other areas, I say amen to you. I love that. Wow, you I didn't know? know that. Actually, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Yeah, it, there's a lot of space, a lot of openness, a lot of creativity. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's mocked of being too you know, foofy and all that type of stuff. But what I'm saying is there are people and they're dressed up and as far as gender acceptance, mm -hmm. it's not perfect. It's a very, mm -hmm. but what I'm saying is 
there is an acceptance or mm-hmm. an ability to perform or to be yourself in that way. That's that all we can hope for, isn't it? Accept, that, we have to accept, absolutely. You know, just um, so, yeah, and I'm glad you uh, enjoyed your time. And, and thank you for the show at the Doug Fur. Thank you for coming out to the podcast. Um, you can uh, obviously see I'm very busy on a Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I've seen movies about Glasgow on Saturday nights. <laughs> and they're, they're intense movies. <laughs> uh, yeah. Thank you so much. Um, Francis, well, good it's luck been a pleasure podcast. to meet you. Uh-huh. And, uh, and enjoy your yoga journey because it is, it's an amazing thing. I, I wish everyone practiced yoga. Maybe the world would be a better place, actually. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Francis. And okay. um, whatever you do on your Saturday night in class, <laughs> make sure you enjoy it. <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure, so thank you. Thanks, Francis. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This is Something Rather Than Nothing 